Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Hello and welcome back to Gather Around the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by underagaslitlamp.com in association with Manscaped. This podcast will take a bit of an Aston Villa carol, Christmas carol format um, as we reflect on the Villa past, discuss Aston Villa's present and look ahead to the Aston Villa yet to come in the future. In the hope of maybe emerging um, at the end as better, more relaxed villains. I'm Andy, I'm back off my holiday and I'm joined by our very own Ebenezer Scrooge and Tiny Tim in no particular order of course, Craig and Dan. Hi, hello, uh, this is Craig here at Craig Storrod on Twitter and um, I'm I'm still here, don't worry, this is one Aston Villa fan born in Solly Hall who isn't going anywhere. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Dan here. Um, I'm looking forward to the next hour and a half of group therapy to to coach me through what's been a a hell of a week in the Villaverse. Yeah, it certainly has been um, a really difficult week, I think, for for a lot of Villa fans. And um, we're kind of reacting just just a few minutes after um, the news has finally broken that Jack Grealish um, has signed for Manchester City. Um, for £100 million, which is a, a British trans, transfer record. Um, and we just literally just listened to the um, the, the, the statement, the, the live statement from Christian Perslow, who has outlined a bit of the timeline and a bit of the, the reasoning behind the decision to um, to sell Jack and, the, and, the, and, and some of the things behind it. He basically said that there was a release clause of £100 million, which they kind of thought might might not be met um, ultimately um, but Man City have done it um, there were a number of, club, of clubs interested in, in signing Jack this summer uh, but Man City have, have stumped up the 100 million and and Jack Grealish has has, has asked them to ask the club to, to, to honor the release clause and they they have they have done that and it's a it's a really a really difficult Situation. I think we've we've been building up to this for a long time. I mean, not not just this summer, but probably the last three or four summers in 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 reality. And um, and now it's finally happened. And you know, there will be um, a bit of a fallout from it, undoubtedly. And there has been throughout the uh, the course of the the, the past couple of weeks um, leading up to this. But guys, I mean, just just talk me through your thoughts and emotions. Throughout the past week, I listened to you guys last week, and I thought you, you, you know, you, you really sort of nailed it. Where that were in the position we were in at the time, but how's it been since then, and 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 how are you feeling about it tonight? This is possibly the most dramatic uh, week in my Villa fandom. Um, certainly, probably 
maybe a close second to when we were trying to sell the, the car park under Tony Jaa after losing the playoff final. That that could be slightly more chaotic and frightening. But, um, you know, it's been a whole journey for, for the Villa, the whole Villa family, the whole Villa community. And um, I will say that I have got it completely wrong. I've come on this podcast every week and said that I believe Jack Grealish would stay one more season. And then if we didn't get into Europe, he would leave. I was uh, wrong about that. And um, the bottom line is that um, I'm very disappointed with it. I think that, uh, that Jack Grealish has turned his back on Aston Villa. Um, I'm disappointed that he's joined Man City. I've said as much on, on Twitter. Um, Man City to me is not a um, is not a special football club. It's not a historical institution. It's a PR vehicle for a nation state. Uh, a club that less than two weeks ago has lost a case in the UK High Court and is in some interesting territory in terms of its the owner's approaches to human rights and other things, which we won't go into here. Um, and all that glitters is not gold. Um, you scratch the surface of Manchester City and what's there? It is it is a sports washing enterprise. We spoke about that last last week. Um, if you care about human rights, if you care about civil rights, if you care about gay rights or women's rights, then the people behind Man City may be problematic for you. Jack Grealish, our hero, has joined them. So I'm just bitterly disappointed, as you can hear in my voice. And um, I think I could have forgiven him a move to Barca or Real or, 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 or Man United or Liverpool even. But to join this absolute artificial enterprise releases that that's how i see it uh, is really um really heartbreaking yeah I, I kind of there's two things at play here for me one is there's the city thing anywhere but city it's just such a i mean and there's two camps with city there's the before the money where there's genuine kind of fans and there's a real connection and then there's post the money and it's I don't know. I was, I was saying to Andy before we came on, like, how many titles do you have to win at City to feel like one title at Villa? Not that that's coming anytime soon, but it's like dog years, kind of. It's He's going to win silverware there, and he's going to go work with probably the best coach in the world and some of the best players in the world. And and from a professional standpoint, you can't blame him that. he's He's in the prime of his career. He wants to play at the highest level, win trophies, and he's going to do that. And the business level, they're the only club that could afford him. I mean, shortly before we came on to, it looks like Messi's leaving Barcelona because they can't afford his wage, who, by the way, could be a tailor-made replacement for Jack. But um, it's uh, they're the only club that were paid £100 million too, realistically. So we're caught in this really weird place where anywhere but there. But I understand Jack's reasons for going. Let's step back for a moment and just be thankful what he gave us as a club. He's given us 20 years of service since being found as a, what, five-and-a-half-year-old on a park pitch. He dragged us out of the championship, kicking and screaming. He kept us in the Premier League. He pushed us to 11th place, and he's earned us 100 million profit. And fair play to the lad. He's done so much for the club. And and let's not forget, three years ago, he was in London about to join Spurs for Josh Onomer and a bag of kit. It's, it, the price has gone up exponentially, and he's been there for that. He's put his career somewhat on hold at the highest level to play these extra years with us. And that's the difference, and that's where it's really difficult to separate out 
the romance and the emotion as a Villa fan right now and the pure career trajectory of where Jack Grealish wants to be. And I'd say one final thing, that's the one thing that, that makes it hard, is so many fans of different clubs have spoken to this week who said they wanted Jack to stay. And there's definitely a romance about having a club with a manager who is a Villa fan, your club captain and best players a Villa fan. And I think everyone wanted him to stay for the good of football. And I think there's something dark about the fact that City could sign Harry Kane, who's another one-club man and boyhood Spurs fan, and, and Jack Grealish, who's the same for Villa this summer, that says something dark about football. And uh, we were hoping David might beat Goliath for a while, but as the world shows us sometimes, yeah, Goliath wins more often than not when he's backed by millions. I think that's that's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, it feels like Jack Grealish and Harry Kane are almost the last the last men standing of the the potential one club men you know um i know harry kane's played for a lot of clubs and you know but he's been at spurs all his career in in reality and and jack grealish the same and you know it feels like that that kind of steven gerrard um john terry type type thing is 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 going out the game now where you know a a, a club or a player will will kind of put put their feelings for for a club ahead, maybe of their um, of their of, of their own kind of success in the game. Really, I mean, from Perslow's interview, it sounds like um, you know Jack Grealish. His main reason for for going um, is to play Champions League football. It's not necessarily trophies. It's not necessarily money. It's 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 to play Champions League football, and um, those are the things maybe come along alongside that as well um and and, and i'm in two minds about it um i've had a for, for me as a fan i've had had a, a bit of a difficult relationship with jack and he's not aware of this relationship but, uh, <laughs> I, I certainly am and um, it's, it's like the eminem song a, stan <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I've written lots to him, and tea's you know. gone cold. I'm wondering why. <laughs> but um, absolutely, and, and, and you know, I think there have been times in his Villa career where I've thought he's 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 let us down a little bit. He's let the club down more off the field, of course, than on it. Um, and I've always had this difficult kind of thing. I've, I've as as a as as a man, I've sort of kind of felt he was a, a little bit lacking at times and I've certainly never really bought into the the idea of him being the villa captain um just because um I don't I don't see him as a football captain I don't see him as a football team kind of leader really I see him as a, he's certainly a you know he has led us well and and he's he's he's, he's he has been a a poster boy for the club if you like and a and a and a and a face of a cl- of the club um, but as a captain on the field, I, I just don't. I've never really bought into that as such. I understand why he is, but I, I don't. I don't really. It's not my. He wouldn't be my first choice, and you know. But you can't deny, you know, the the ability this guy has. He's 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 certainly in my time of going to Villa. He's the he's he's the best player, um, the most talented player I think we've ever had. You know, up there alongside the likes of Merson and York. David Platt, maybe, um, and it and it and it does sting as much as I I like to, I, I want to be um, uh, tough about it. I want to be um, you know Grant Mitchell. 
about it. You know, he, <laughs> you know, even when when Tiffany left him, he, you know, he and he 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 cried, didn't he? And you know, I think we'll <laughs> feel a bit a bit like. I'm that. worried Craig's going to go film it <laughs> or the way this podcast is going. I'm bewildered and lost. I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounds it sounds real. Uh, Andy, uh, this is this is this is the thing. Both of what you're saying is true, right? Daniel, absolutely right. Um, Jack Grealish has been incredibly important for um, Aston Villa and their progression. And Andy, you're also right. We have turned the other cheek and looked the other way for Jack Grealish as Villa fans a lot. The club has and we have. And as much as Jack has been instrumental to Aston Villa's success, and let's not take anything away from that. I don't want anyone to think that my upset is based on I didn't think he did a good job for Villa. I'm upset because he did such a good job for Villa. Evie was crap, I wouldn't care. Let's, you know, let's tell it how it is. Um, but, you know, the unwavering, unconditional love that Jack Grealish has had from the fans, from Dean Smith and Aston Villa has been instrumental to his growth and his success. Um, and he's not going to get that where he's going. Pep and, and Man City fans will not ever love Grealish like the way that we do. And next time he slips up, as, as Andy's alluded to, I mean, he has quite the old rap sheet, um, does Jack Grealish. You know, drink driving, you know, it's very serious. He's been banned from driving. And we all kind of were like, ah, you know, so Jack, never mind. Well, no, it's quite serious. You know, someone could be seriously injured you know he's smashing his 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 car into parked cars i mean you've got to be in quite a bad way to be smashing your car into parked cars with one shoe on you know after being at ross mccormack's all night you know national newspapers in jack's there was a COVID ban as well. while there was a covid ban. i'm surprised he could get out of ross mccormack's can't even ross not get out of his yeah house, there was so. a, that, that yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's another story. Um, and again, keeping company like, right, look, I'm not going to, let's not go there. But, you know, the, the drink driving is enough. Um, national newspapers have outed Jack as a recreational drug user. I'm a kind of live and let live kind of guy. But again, this is someone who's supposed to be a role model for, for young kids. And and we'll all remember, always remember the picture of Jack passed out on the floor in Tenerife, you know, very possibly lying in a pool of his own waist after a night that got a little bit away from him. And these aren't allegations from me. These are all stories that are readily available and out there in the public realm. So there is kind of an underbelly to Jack Grealish. And, um, and we have looked the other way for him for years and years and years because we love him. And now, the next time that he slips up, if he does, I hope he, that he doesn't slip up. Um, it will be interesting if he's ready to sit on the bench, you know, for four months at City while while Pep freezes him out. Because Pep, I doubt, will be as forgiving as as Dean Smith and we have been. Do you know what's kind of interesting? And that's a really good point, Craig. As a club, we've been enablers for Jack Grealish in more ways than one. As an entire yeah. club from the cult of Jack Grealish that has been built partly for himself. I mean, he does wonderful stuff off the pitch. If you ever read about the the letters he writes, the visits he makes, he's, he's a true captain in that sense, but also the cult of Jack Grealish, as you say, turning a blind eye to his misdemeanors, you know, building this entire personality, this entire team around him, even the enabling of him on the pitch, we build an entire team, an entire system around him, an entire club around him. We have, in a very real sense, created Jack Grealish since the age of five and a half at Aston Villa. And we've built him in something that the rest of the country, remember, two years ago, thought we were jokers for saying that he's one of the best players in the world. He's a 100 million player. No one believed us. And and now, sure enough, Pep has kind of, if you believe reports, Kevin De Bruyne has been on him to buy him. And it's a real 
testing moment for Jack Grealish, and I hope he succeeds. I hope he goes into Pep's side, becomes the world-class player we know he can be. I do not hope because... he succeeds, Dan. <laughs> I w- but we all want him to, we no, all want to be no, no, no. right. I disagree. Because the worst thing, the worst thing that could happen is he fails, and we've been proved wrong as Villa fans I, in my I, eyes, and he, was, he wasn't as good a player as we thought. And, and look, I, I honestly worry how we'll fit in at, at Man City. He is partly the joy he is because he's just a throwback player you don't get in it anymore a one just this machine on the pitch who does everything off the cuff he's all improvisation all flair and that does not scream Pep Guardiola to me so I hope he doesn't beat that out of him but yeah look I think Craig makes a good point I'm rambling here but I just I hope and I know I know you don't I hope he succeeds because I want to see him let me let me explain myself because I I don't want to come across as just um as being vindictive towards him I'm not the reason that I don't want him to succeed is nothing personal against Jack Grealish I don't want him to succeed because I want him to serve as a cautionary tale to other Aston Villa players I'm looking into the future here I'm looking at a wider context Come next summer, if Ollie Watkins bangs in another 15, 20 goals, if every, Ezri Konza continues growing into the player he is, if Emi Martinez is, continues to be one of the best goalkeepers in the world, in the world, ladies and gentlemen, people are going to come knocking on the door. So I don't want Jack Grealish to go away and do well and be in the team and be happy-go-lucky because then Konza... Watkins, Martinez, it's like I said before with the Gareth Barry, the knock-on effect. They're going to look at that and think, I want to leave too. I want to leave too. And they don't have the same emotional attachment that, that Jack Grealish does to Aston Villa. So they will leave even easier than Grealish has. So I don't want him to succeed because I want Villa to keep our best players. I want us to continue to build. And if Jack Grealish goes there and gets egg on his face, I think that helps us keep Chukwemenka. I think it helps us keep Louis Barry. I think it helps us keep our star players moving forward. Leon Bailey, Emi Buendia. You know, if we do as well as I think we might do, people are going to come knocking again. And we have to... I hope that Jack is a cautionary tale and that it, it, it all goes wrong for him, quite frankly. I think I think that's it. I think there are two sides, and a lot of it is the the optics of it and how it how it turns out. And and on that, I want to I want to sort of give my thoughts about this this idea of Jack's legacy and um, this whole thing about we've 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 sort of dipped into this a little bit. The idea that he's you know he, he, does does. Does does the club owe him anything, or do does he owe the club anything? And 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 what's his legacy? And for me, a legacy is formed after the fact. And you know, you you can't have a legacy while you're still in a in a you know in the situation, can you? He's started to build something. Now, if if everything falls flat for Villa as a result of this over the next two or three years, his legacy means nothing because. Essentially, it'll be neutralised. That's that's the difficulty. If Villa from here go on, um, and the the platform that Jack Grealish has helped to build, by the way, he hasn't done it on his own. There are lots and lots of players, good players and good good people at Villa that have brought us back into the into the Premier League and and, and given us this platform. Um, it's not just Jack Grealish, um, but if he's been part of that. And finishing eleventh in his final season at the club, um, you know, getting the hundred million in allows us to build a team and continue to evolve the team into a into a Champions League team. Then yeah, his legacy's there. If it goes the other way, like it perhaps has with 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 at times when when other players have left 
over our club or the or the club um, another club, um, then the, the legacy is neutralised. In terms of what who owes who what, I think we've covered the fact that Jack Grealish has been excellent an excellent player for us and he's done some really great things for us. Um, and but also that Aston Villa have allowed him to do that. You know, it would have been very easy to cut him off when he was he was he was problematic off the pitch, and he was problematic for the for the um, the face of the club. And you know what? Breaking COVID rules, drink driving, all that kind of thing that happened only what was it eighteen months ago? It's a bad. It was a bad look, and it was brushed under the carpet. And he came back, and he, to be quite frank, he was he was he was pretty awful um, at the end of. Uh, the previous season after the restart. You know, it hasn't been all champagne and roses for Jack Grealish at Aston Villa. Um, and the more I think about it, I don't know whether I'm... It's just my brain trying to trying to soften it for me and neutralise it a little bit. But, yeah, we'll get on to the, you know, where we go from here afterwards. But I'm, 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 I'm feeling a bit freer and a bit more excited um, about the, the team the Aston Villa team um, over the next few months. Do you guys think it would be a harder situation or a more bitter pill to swallow if Villa weren't on an up- upward trajectory? I think that's where I'm feeling better. Oh, dude, I think it would be easier to understand because I'd be like, well, Villa, you know, we, we scraped relegation and then we, we were dancing with relegation again. Of course you should go. But the fact that we're moving upwards. So, you know, our, our trajectory is is crazy, you know, from fifth in the championship to 17th in the Premier League to 11th in the, in the Premier League in three years is 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 awesome. Um, so the fact that we're on the upward trajectory, I think for me, makes it harder. I think if we were, lang- if we had another season of struggle where we were flirting with relegation, escaped by the skin of our teeth, I would have probably been like, yeah, Jack, we're, we're not getting better anytime soon, mate. You, you, you're probably best moving on. You know, I'd already said if we didn't quali- qualify for Europe, he would have gone with my best wishes at the end of this season. So for me, it's more difficult, but um, I don't know what you think, Andy. Yeah, the, I mean, I, I was with you on that Um that that stance really, I thought, you know, that the right thing for him to do so soon after signing a contract was um, was to would have been to see out another season and and see if we could could really attack that that top six top four maybe with 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 some uh, some good additions as as we as we are having this 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 summer. Having said that. Um, you know, it, it it just it just seems that we weren't we weren't fully aware of the whole situation when we were making these 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 assumptions, were we? And clearly, and this is what hurts me: it's the fact that you know he's gone he's gone on 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 record and he's done interviews after he signed the contract last season, saying this is the place for me, this is my club, this is my city. This is, you know, it's, I believe in the project. It's Fabian Delph-esque, isn't it, Andy? Let's call it all it is. It's, it's not it, quite no, as bad, it, it, but it's, it's, it's not, similar. It, there's parallels, shall we say. It's, it's not far off. It's not far off, is it? From that point of view, knowing that there's a clause there that he's insisted on um, to allow him to leave, um, albeit for 100 million, which is a hell of a lot more than Delph went for. But, um, you know, he... he, he, he it's so it's those things, and I'm sure there's lots of these things that, that that fans are just not aware of. 
you know, but it's the fact that it's it's Jack Grealish that's that's done it, and um, and that's what that's what kind of sticks in my craw really. But I'll, I think you have to you have to be able to to, to separate it and say the, these guys, however much they say they love a club or they're a fan or they're grown up, and my dad support them and my granddad and all the rest. It ultimately they're professional footballers and they're in that that world from a very young age, and they that they're, they're brought up in that way. They have a professional duty um, to discharge, and part of that is their own career. Um, and they're not fans like we are. That that you know, Jack Grealish. I'm sorry, whatever <laughs> people might disagree with this, he's not as good or as big a fan as 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 the three of us, or the, of Regan and Mark and, and people that dedicate their lives to it. Because um, he's a professional, you know, and he can't and he can't be because at any moment he might have to go and play for someone against Aston Villa. You know, he might play in an FA Cup final next season against Aston Villa. You know. He's not a fan. You know, I hope whatever he says, he's not a fan. If so, I hope Tyrone gives uh, gives him a test in those shins. Yeah, they're standing up <laughs> in the first minute. Um, but on, on a on a on a on a slightly more positive note, the hundred million is an incredible amount of money. Um, ironically, we got the money at a time where, as a club, we don't actually need it. You know, when we did need it, it you know, it could have come in handy really, uh, really nicely a few years ago, but. Uh, um, I just want to make a point of what uh, Mark has, has spoken about. Uh, Mark Jarobi um, contributed to the podcast and contributed to the website. Um, uh, he has written a couple of articles about Jack Grealish's injury proneness, talking about his shins. Um, Jack Grealish has never completed a full season for Aston Villa. Let's not forget that fact either. So um, on that, in that sense, and Andy, actually, you, you said this a while ago when he was... Um, when he was injured before the Euros. Um, and that's another thing that Villa put him first before. Villa didn't rush him back. Dean Smith put his arm around Grealish and said, mate, don't worry about our European challenge this season. You just get look after yourself, get yourself ready for the Euros. Don't worry about us. Dean Smith didn't need to say that. Pep Guardiola wouldn't say that for him. But, you know, I, I digress. I think the main thing is that Jack Grealish has some severe injury problems. He also has had some severe behavioural issues off the pitch. Um... And I suppose those things, those things coupled together, as well as the investments that we've made, may make this a, a good deal in the fullness of time. Um, but obviously, we'll have to see. You know, some time is going to have to pass before we know if it was a good deal or a bad deal for Aston Villa, ultimately. Yeah, I wonder if we've got a, a buyback clause. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think really, I mean, you know, look, you know, let's let, let's move on. I think there's. Um, I've just had a quick look. I think the the club have released some sort of uh, montage type video, which none of us really wanted. I think. Um, uh, but look, you know, we we he is he is he is woven into the into the history and the recent history of the club. Um, and footballers come and go. They're you know they're they're not perfect human beings and. Um, you know they, they they do come and go. They have ambitions. They have different things that they want to achieve in their career, um, and I think that's something that's hard for us to um, to tally up with the way we feel about about players and particularly players that that claim to be like us. You know, and um, and I think maybe part of Jack's error in that if he could go back, um, he might not have made such a big thing about that, but. Um, and I always say as well, we only expect um, 
loyalty off players we like. Um, no one was ranting and raving or getting upset or tweeting abuse at Henry Lansbury. Um, <laughs> they probably were. He, well, well, they were, <laughs> but, but maybe for, maybe for different reasons. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I think I think certainly it's the, the, there's an element of that as well, and we have to remember that. You know, we want players who are who are good and make our team better to stay. Um, we're not quite so um, forgiving and um, and respectful towards players that that, that aren't um, doing that. So um, that's something, something to bear in mind as well. Um, but we do need to kind of look ahead, and you know, moving on to to, to the Villa present, and uh, we've had a busy week. Um, you know, the the club have almost uncharacteristically, if we think back over the years. Um, shown a, a real no nonsense approach in uh, in continuing the rebuild of of the squad, possibly in the knowledge that that, that Jack Grealish would be leaving, um, and that they've this week secured the the signings of Leon Bailey uh, first of all from Bayer Leverkusen for thirty million, um, and astonishingly um, just yesterday evening um, announced the signing of, of Danny Ings from. Southampton, which is a reported twenty-five million pounds, rising to thirty million uh, in add-ons. Um, I think on Wednesday I was driving home from work, expecting the the, the, the Jack Grealish confirmation, and then uh, I was listening to um, a, a sports radio station, which I'm not going to mention because um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be listening to it, and uh, and and it dropped that um, that the Ings had signed for Villa, and uh, you know it was it was incredible. Um, and Sam Sam Wallace Wallace in the uh, Telegraph reporting that, that that this deal was put together in in pretty much a day. Really, um, I guess it would have been in the pipeline for a bit longer than that um, to bring Ings to to Villa Park. I mean, firstly on Bailey, you know, slightly bizarre unveiling by his dad's uh, YouTube channel um, in Jamaica. Um, which I didn't watch. Um, but what is he bringing? Uh, I know you guys talked a bit about this last week, but what is he bringing to the to the table? And, you know, is he a direct Grealish replacement or are we, um, you know, would we have sort of been a, been a targeting someone like that anyway to offer a new kind of dynamic to the, to the Villa attack? He's a really interesting and exciting player. Firstly, on that unveiling, it's kind of comical, but it's worth checking into... Uh, Leon Bailey's history he's had a, a real kind of a rough ride in life and and that kind of that unveiling was a little bit of a window into it but it's worth checking out kind of what's made the man because I think we're getting a great character as well as a great player but Perslow before we came on from his white void told us that they tried to replace Jack's attributes across a few different players and I think the attribute we get with Bailey is dribbling if you've if you've seen him play I've seen a little bit of him uh, you know a few YouTube montages as well which aren't a, a good good view of a player but he dribbles but he dribbles at pace that's the one thing he has that Jack Grealish doesn't and that's the one thing we're getting that really excites me we are getting elite pace and not the elite pace that comes with an Adama Traore who gets the ball and doesn't know what to do with it. We're getting elite pace that's not just speed of feet, but speed of thought too. Bailey is great on the ball, and at high speed he knows what to do. So we are getting a truly dynamic, exciting player. He can play on the left. He's more of a winger on the left. He can cut him from the right. 
I don't see him as a, di- a direct Jack replacement. I see him as another weapon in Villa's arsenal. And I think that's what's really interesting and what excites me about what we've done in the transfer market. I think Buendia is our replacement for Jack's creativity. And by the way, how good does that deal look now, kind of in the wake of what we've done with Jack? But I think Leon Bailey offers us a really, really exciting weapon from the right and a true counter-attacking threat. I think he's he's probably going to be the best speed merchant we've seen at Villa since, let's say, Gabby have gone the whole, but I'm like Gabby, I think he knows what he's doing once he gets to the ball a whole lot more and I'm really excited to see him play and as I say, check into his history because I think we're getting a real character, a real hardened professional and someone who was on Man City's radar, Chelsea's radar not that long ago, so we're getting a top draw player. Yeah, we're talking about histories and, and, and we, we, we've been talking about the type of men that we have, you know, people like uh, Tyrone Mings who experienced homelessness. We've talked a lot about Tyrone and, you know, Ollie Watkins who, who had a slightly more um, uh, conventional upbringing, but certainly his football upbringing was a little bit rough and ready and super Western Superman and all those other things. So I think it speaks to the kind of personality profile that we're looking for we're looking for people who are dogged people who are who are able to overcome adversity and people who have the drive to succeed and better themselves so um i didn't think that bailey was the, the greatest replacement but hearing that um that, that the interview with with perslow saying that these three players in um bailey ings and brendia are what they've been they've they, they believe that those three players are going to be the jack Grealish. Uh, salve, if you like, to uh, to 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 replace the 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 things that Jack Grealish brought t- to the table. But um, the addition of Bailey isn't really getting the the fanfare of it, of 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 the of the Ings deal because I think Bailey, you know, being in the Bundesliga, there's less familiarity with him. But I think Bailey is the real deal. I agree with you, Dan. I think he might have the highest ceiling of all the Villa signings this summer, and I include Emi Buendia in that too. Um, I actually quite liked the bizarre <laughs> press conference. I think footballers far too commercial and corporate and sanitized it's too safe it's too rigid i love the step that is uh is is stepdad is it charles butler is that the name yeah i think so i love that mr butler did uh, the announcement you know off his off his laptop and a smartphone and I also love the fact, you know, it was kind of had the production value of a uh, of a GCSE media project. I quite like all that stuff because uh, these are real people, you know, they're living out their wildest dreams, you know, and 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 I'm all about them getting to enjoy their their moment. And um, the 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 main the main ingredient for for Aston Villa now is we are beginning to see real competition for places with or without Jack Grealish. For those front three positions, uh, we now have. All those front six positions we're playing uh, four, two, three, one. You know, there's a lot of competition there. You're looking at Ings. You're looking at Wesley, who oof, may be a big loser uh, with this deal. We're looking at uh, Bailey. We're looking at Buendia. We're looking at Traore, our mate Algarzi, Daniel's friend Trezeguet wants he returns. The young lads, Chokomenka, uh, Philogene Bedace. You know, there's loads and loads. I'm probably missing someone. There's loads of competition there. And... Um, I moaned and moaned and moaned and moaned last season about Smith's perseverance with playing that system that was built for Jack Grealish when Jack Grealish wasn't in the team and how it didn't work. But, um, you know, the inclusion of, of, of Bailey tells me, and Ings now as well, tells me that we can play a whole new way and we may even see a whole new system now moving forward. The system's a, sorry, and the system's a good point because like, Bailey can play any of the front three or four positions Ings can play up top, Ollie Watkins can play out wide. Last year with Jack Grealish, 
Villa had a scalpel. We had one weapon. We've turned it into a Swiss army knife, for want of a better analogy. We have many routes to go now, many threats, many different formational options. And I think Dino has lost a great player, but will be licking his lips over the opportunities he's got to tinker with this team now. And I think if I'm an Emmy Buendia who's going to be feeding these guys, I'm, I'm really looking forward to a great season because I don't know how we'll line up, where our threat will come from. But the nice thing is we don't just have a plan A anymore. We've got plans B, C, D, and F maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to... Um pretend that I, I've, I've watched an awful lot of Leon Bailey because, you know, I, I just haven't. I, he goes on reputation as, as far as I'm concerned. I just wanted to bring in um, a, a, a discussion that we've had with other players um, that we've signed, Martinez and and Akamba, uh, Samata, people like that, where, you know, it's almost like it's 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 you're targeting a region you're targeting a um a certain uh, market place in the in the world of football and it was interesting to hear i think it was a or i certainly read it i think it was a genuine quote where he said that um you know Usain Bolt will 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 be a villa fan now because um we're friends and i'm from jamaica and he'll support he'll support me cuz cuz i'm I'm his, I'm his compatriot, um, and that that's obviously Usain Bolt. I think Usain Bolt's a Man United fan, but um, this this might be true that in a similar way to when we had Dwight York, you know, there was a, you know Villa was a big a big thing in 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 that in that region in Trinidad and 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 so on. And I think I think it's interesting that Villa have, have kind of. You know, made this signing knowing that that he he potentially brings a a whole new a whole new potential audience to to, to Aston Villa as well. I don't know what you guys this, think of that. This, yeah, it's not just internationally. There's a large uh, uh, Jamaican population and certainly um, a large population with Jamaican heritage in, in the West Midlands as well. Um, I think that these you know we we've spoke about this before. I think it is deliberate. You know, we already have now we're going to have Argentinian fans tuning into Aston Villa for. Copra America winning goalkeeper Martinez and Emmy Buendia um, and Lionel Messi when he <laughs> rocks up, according to Daniel. Um, you know, we have the Brazilian contingent with Wesley, with Wesley Douglas Louise, obviously the, the some of the African players we've spoken about as well. Um, and to have to have a, a country like Jamaica, who is uh, who are who are just incredible, uh, an incredible sporting nation, you know, really punching above their weight. Um, particularly in sprinting for the size of population to have their best player playing for Aston Villa. Yeah, of course, it's going to put more eyeballs on Aston Villa. It's going to put more eyeballs on our product and it's going to raise our profile internationally, which is how you get the big bucks in terms of sponsorship or, you know, you just do it Man City and you, um, the Man City way and just, never mind, I can't say it. I don't know if I... <laughs> But, you know, but yeah, it's it's good news. I think I think it's good news, and, and and I'm really optimistic about Bailey. I think we need to be. I'm going to talk about this more. Um, you know, when we look at previewing the season, but I think we need to be really patient with Bailey. We have to remember he's coming from a different place. He's only 23. He's going to be moving home, moving away from his home, and and he's going to need some some time to adapt. But really excited for what Leon Bailey could be for Aston Villa. Yeah, I think almost the adjustment period, you're right, we've got to give him time. I think it's where Villa have, have boxed clever, though, in the fact that, obviously, he's a young Jamaican lad. He's been in 
Belgium and Germany and, and other parts of Europe for, for a lot of his career since a very young age. And I think buying from the Bundesliga is a smart play on Villa's part because as close to the Premier League as you can get is probably the Bundesliga in terms of climate, travel to games, speed of games. So it's not like we're buying someone who's going to have to have a real footballing adjustment. I mean, it should be a relatively easy transition for him. Of course, he'll need time, but I think it's a smart move in that regard. And and yeah, football's a, a global game now, and I'm excited to see him. He is apparently best mates with Usain Bolt, or at least that's what his Instagram seems to show. And it'll be fun to have Bolt. Hasn't Bolt laced up his boots before? Let's sign him. Let's get another backup striker. <laughs> well, you know, I think you could could end up with uh, Usain Bolt maybe making the... Uh, the pilgrimage to Villa Park and um, uh, to watch him on occasions. You never know. You never know. But I think you make a good point, Craig, as well. I remember the, back in the 90s when um, Dwight York was at Villa and um, and Brian Lara was playing cricket for Warwickshire and there was a, a, an amazing buzz around um, about around the city at that time with, you know, with, clearly with the, uh, the West Indian population um, in the city. It was, it was, it was fantastic. And, uh, Maybe that maybe that will um, that will be the case again. And certainly, if you were a young Jamaican lad or girl living in uh, living in Birmingham, um, how exciting would it be to see your 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 big player, you know, coming to play for your local team? And uh, that's um, that'll be certainly amazing. But never, I mean, I'm just as excited to see him because uh, I don't know an awful lot about him, but um, I, th- I feel like he's going to be really entertaining to watch and um, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted with the signing um, but moving on to, to Danny Ings probably someone um, I know a little bit more about at least um, uh, undoubted quality and experience um, predatory finisher in front of goal probably just behind Harry Kane and Mo Salah um, you know in terms of the scoring charts over the last three or four years um you know, there have been some question marks about certain things about him, about his injury record and, and various things like that. But how, how do you assess this signing? How excited are you um, by Danny Ings joining Villa? Well, his injury record is far better than the player we've just sold today. <laughs> so um, that's that's that. Um, I think that Ings is clearly a signing for today, uh, while the rest of Villa's business typically has been building for tomorrow. Um, we have spoken at length on this podcast about how you know, Aston Villa have had the youngest squad in the league last year, for example. And then let's not forget, we have extracted from the youngest squad in the league lots of experience. We've lost Heaton, we've lost Taylor, we've lost Elmo, and we've also lost um, 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 the the floppy-haired one. Um, And the other player who is really experienced and um, um, uh, our Irish international, that's another thing, actually. We've got loads of fans in Ireland um, because of, you know, Ray Houghton, Paul McGrath, and and, and Conor Harahan. Um, Yeah, who's also got one foot out the door in terms of Harahan, if I get back on the point I was making. So we've had kind of like a, a, a brain drain, if you will, of experience from the Villa setup, which is a big cause for alarm. But I think the signing of Ashley Young helps with that. The signing of Danny Ings helps with that. Last week, uh, Daniel and I were speaking about Gary Cahill. I advocated for the signing of Gary Cahill um, on this pod last week for the same reason. Not necessarily because I think he's uh, the reincarnation of Franz Beckenbauer, but because I believe we need seasoned pros in there at Aston Villa. And I would still take uh, Cahill, by the way, um, 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 even this week, even though Twan Zebi is rumoured, but we can talk about that maybe later on. Um, so... Uh, 
And also a good point is uh, Ashley Priest uh, uh, from the Birmingham Mail noted, um, you know, picked up on the Dean Smith comment about Ings, you know, kind of helping guide and teach the Academy boys, uh, uh, Brad Young and Louis Barry, probably who he was talking about. But I'd go a step further than that and say, Ings can really help Ollie Watkins. Um, Watkins had an incredible debut season. Let's give him credit where it's due but one area of weakness for him which we also spoke about on this podcast was Ollie Watkins did underperform his XG last year and I think working with Ings who is one of the very best finishers in the league will only help Watkins to even be even better than he already is which is great news for Aston Villa Uh, I did mention Wesley earlier Um, we've also said on the show that this preseason was make or break for Wesley and um, the signing of Ings would suggest it's break uh, I don't know if it was the Stokes sending off. I don't know if the powers that be at the Villa hierarchy have watched Wesley in preseason and said, look, you're just not going to be at the level that we need. Uh, but um, I would hope that, that Wesley could get a loan um, to the championship um, to get his mojo back because um, I do still think there's something there to be persevered with with Wesley. Yeah, I, I think Craig's right to be excited about the off-the-pitch stuff with Danny Ings. I mean, been reading a lot last couple of days about him. Apparently, he's a ferocious man on the training pitch, and his preparation is second to none. It apparently spends his whole week watching video of the opposition, trying to find an, uh, a way through to goal. And, and we know as Villa fans over the last couple of seasons that you can bang him in from anywhere. I mean, we're probably buying three or four points just by not having him in the Saints lineup every year. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean... And what excites me almost, he's a proven goal scorer. He's probably the best goal scorer outside the top four and, and any club would be happy to have him. And I think that's what excites me the most about this signing. He is the level we should be looking at as Villa this season. We want to be in that fifth to eighth kind of window. You know, the Tottenham, the Everton, the also Rams. That's where we're trying to get to. That's the next step up for us. And Danny Ings is the definition of that step up. And we spent big money on a 29-year-old, on big wages. And I think that's something that really excites me. We're buying for right now, which clearly shows me that our window of opportunity, the owners think it's wide open. And I think it's exciting. It shows that the project is only just... It's not even getting started. It's accelerating. Even with the departure of Jack Grealish, we're talking about exciting players joining, players in their prime joining, more goals in the team, more creativity in the team, more experience in the team. And that can only be exciting for the project. Tell you the other thing that's really nice about it. City have spent the last two weeks airing their laundry in public. This deal was done without anyone knowing. And it just shows how smooth an operation we've got at Villa right now is that a signing could drop on you out of nowhere because the people behind the scenes are doing such a professional job of things. And it makes me think, you always think when you sell a player for big money, you're going to be held to ransom. It it gives me high hopes that, that the team spending that cash know exactly what they're doing and exactly who they're buying. Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with with, with all those things, and uh, it it was just the 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 the, the this kind of the blindsiding nature of of the deal. I think um, I think we were all expecting, if anyone, we were expecting Tammy Abraham, weren't we? Um, from the from the uh, the rumours that were were going around um, two or three days before. Um, I think even John Percy had suggested that we were looking at at, at Tammy Abraham, but. The more I think about it, the more I'm just delighted with his signing. And, you know, he is such a powerful goal scorer, a powerful striker. Um, and it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they, how they fit in. But, you know, ultimately you need options, don't you? And we'll talk a little bit about this later. But, you know, 
anything can happen to these players. You need options. You can't just rely on one one centre forward. We've we've relied on we've had one centre forward essentially for the last two seasons in the Premier League. Um, it's a miracle we've stayed up. You can't you can't rely on one one striker. It's it, it, and the first year, of course, it it all went it all went south, didn't it? And uh, and we ended up with with minus strikers probably. Um, with given who we signed, but. You know, I'm 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 really excited for this one. I just think it's 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 an excellent um, deal as well, and we've maybe paid slightly over the odds in terms of him being in the last year of his contract. But when you need a player, you need a player, and you you know, big clubs go and get the player. They're not they're not too concerned about the transfer fee. They 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 identify what they need and they and they they sign that player, and um, it's. Uh, it's so refreshing to see Aston Villa um, doing their business in this way, um, and uh, you know, long may it continue. But guys, I, I, I don't know. Did, did either of you watch the um, the interview with Danny Ings earlier today on Villa TV? Because I I haven't seen it yet, but I I will certainly watch it. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to sitting back and watching him. But I've only heard good things about Danny Ings. I saw some quotes from old uh, Klopper at uh, Portugal. I don't know why I call him Klopper. He's not, he's not my mate. Um, <laughs> I don't know him. Um, Jürgen, Jürgen Klopp, uh, the Liverpool manager. <laughs> I don't know where they come from. Um, anyway, uh, old Klopper uh, had some really nice things to say about uh, Danny Ings and his character around the place. And um, I think that, um, you know, even uh, Romeo, uh, I saw the interview with Romeo, who was put on the spot, didn't even know anything about it, that Danny Ings was leaving. And he was just kind of smiling. You could see he had a real affection for Danny Ings and wished him nothing but the best. I just love that um, that Villa are going to have a real goal scorer. I think this is the first time we've had a finisher this instinctive, probably since Benteke. Um, but Benteke is not the finisher now that he was for us so you know if not Benteke Darren Bent just a real half chance goal and he doesn't just score fluky goals he finds the corner he doesn't even find the corner he finds the side netting with his with his with his, with his strike so oh I'm, I'm I'm excited he's he's kept his goals have really kept Southampton out of trouble the last couple of years so um I, I worry for them but um you know and it's also we talk about the the hierarchy picking Picking the star players out of your rivals is also one way to climb the table, let's not forget. I think it's a, a cracking point. And the, the thing is as well, I think he said the reason why he wasn't signing a Southampton contract is he wanted to join a top six club. So clearly he knows which trajectory Villa are on. Maybe Jack doesn't, but he does. And and with regards to the fee, I think you make a good point, Andy. And I, I never particularly care about fees. It's not my money. I don't care kind of where it goes. But the one thing I would say is goals cost money. Proven goals always cost money. It's the hardest thing to do on a football pitch is score a goal. And he does it for fun. I think it's a goal every three games throughout his career. He even with his injury problems and I think that's the one thing we're buying is guaranteed goals and I think 30 million is probably a snip for that or whatever the, the end figure ends up being is probably a snip for that and I think we'll get better young players better current players out of it and hell we'll just score goals it's going to be fun they're going to be coming from everywhere in this season but um, guys 
again watching that watching that video, seeing the pictures, he's he's an half a well turned out uh, gentleman, isn't he, Craig? What do you you know, he is. I I do reckon this, Andy. You know what? I noticed that. I don't know if you guys noticed that uh, Danny Ings has a great deal of tattoos. Did you? Did you? Uh, any tattoo havers? I see you have tattoos there on your arm, uh, Daniel. Um, this is an audio, so you just have to imagine them. I don't know what they are. <laughs> it's just pictures the of, of Jack's face that I'm now going to have to get covered up. But. Yeah. But before you got those tattoos, I imagine you had to shave that area. Is that right, Dan? Is that how it goes? You do. You have to get rid of the, the fuzz and have baby smooth skin down there. Speaking of baby smooth skin, we want to talk to you about our sponsors, Manscaped. Because Manscaped, with their ceramic blade and their lawnmower 3.0, weed whacker and their other formulations to round out your grooming routine will make your skin so smooth that everyone will want to touch it with their soft bits if you catch my drift all right so the third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade ceramic blades reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology pioneered by manscaped manscaped is used by over 2 million men worldwide by the way there's even an led light so you can see everything you're doing and you can point the light in the direction of of your dark regions where the light doesn't often touch <laughs> with the manscaped razor and the light on there okay now i have to tell you gents 79 percent of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff so if you look like you have marijuana fellaini stuffed up your nostrils you can use the best tools for the job when you get the performance package from Manscaped, okay? Now, I have to tell you, here is the deal. You get 20% off and free shipping with our promo code LAMP. That's L-A-M-P at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use our promo code L-A-M-P. Get rid of Fellaini and Valderrama from your nether regions and join the revolution at Manscaped. But uh, <laughs> moving on to Villa Future, Villa Future yet to come. And uh, and what's next for this team? Clearly, there will be an adjustment period um, to losing Grealish. Um, but we've obviously, you know, we've talked about the exciting business that's happening at the club and, and, and a seemingly endless stream of links as well. It appears that Perslow and, and co refused to dwell on their on the losses uh, too much and in, in, are determined um, to push ahead with the plan. Um, we've seen examples of, um, you know, positives and negative scenarios when clubs lose their sort of talismanic stars. Um, and indeed, they've obviously been examples from our own past to illustrate these as well um at this point though what what are your thoughts and predictions about how the club are, are responding um and with the new season only just over a week away how optimistic are you that uh, that dean smith and the, the and the and the squad can develop and, and have a shot at improving again on last season you said it yourself there, Andy. It's all about having a plan. And the club has said all along the, they've got a plan for with Jack and a plan for without Jack. And I think that's kind of what's what we're seeing in action here is that this isn't something that's happened by accident. It's not something that's caught them off guard. We're not scrabbling around trying to sign players at the last minute. 
they've known what they're doing all along. And I think the the team on paper is better today than it was yesterday with Jack in it. And I think that's the thing we can look forward to going forwards. There's so many unknowns going into a season, how these players will fit in, what the adjustment period will be. But I don't know, I'm excited. I don't know about you boys, but I, I'm excited about the, the players coming in. I think we can only improve on last year, even with losing Jack. And I, honestly, maybe it's just I'm heady from, from all the transfer news, but I think we're a better team, a better squad, and we're better placed to challenge for that top half than we were with Jack in the team last year. Ooh, them's fighting words. Um, yeah, I mean, there have been instances of teams losing their best player and... Um, and going on to become a better unit. I think uh, Liverpool with Coutinho is is the famous example. Obviously, Leicester is has been spoken about a lot. Um, I you know I think those links sometimes a little bit tenuous because Liverpool are Liverpool and they're a Champions League side with or without Coutinho. Um, they're in a much different position. Liverpool, Leicester and City have just won the uh, won the league. You know, I said to the, uh, the the lads in the group chat yesterday, if if Jack had, had won the league for Villa, I would have driven him to Man City myself. I'd give him a kiss on his head and um, and and say, listen, mate, you you enjoy yourself over there with Kevin De Bruyne. We've won a league. I'm I'm good now. I can I can retire from being a football fan. I just, you know, I did it. We won. Um, but in all seriousness, um, you know, I think that we are building year on year. I think this 100 million pounds is is tricky. First of all, I'm not sure we, 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 we really needed the money. And secondly, we now are going to have sellers that see us coming. Everyone's going to add a little Jack Grealish premium on top of what they would have charged for the player. So I think there might be value to be found in, you know, distressed clubs you know particularly in league one where their tv deal has collapsed but um i think we're going to improve overall in the attack i think you know we all know everything just came down the left hand side left hand side left hand side for villa and, and lots of teams figure that out i remember west ham a lot rocking up to villa park last year in their 3-1 win uh david moyes playing two right backs and that pretty much snuffed out villa's attacking threat uh, West West Ham gone to win three one. They won't teams won't be able to do that anymore because we're going to be a more balanced side overall. I do hope. I think that as I said earlier, I think the defence should be fine and, and and the goalkeeper. I think we really trust that unit. But the, those attacking relationships are not just going to appear out of thin air. They're going to need some time to breathe. They're going to need some time to gel. They're going to need some time to get to know each other. Buendia will need time. Um, Leon Bailey will need time. Ings, I think, will need less time just because obviously he's so super experienced. He's he's a kind of plug and play, ready to go. Um, but <sighs> Traore, are we looking to, for him to kick on as well this season? So I think there's 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 room for optimism. So um, I think that we shouldn't expect Villa to play true free-flowing Smith ball against Watford. I think for the first few weeks of the season, probably we need to just concentrate on keeping it tight, being hard to beat while the players find their feet. Um, I think in, in that regard, it could actually be the opposite of last season. Last season, we started like a house on fire and went out like a like a damp... Uh, <laughs> nothing. Uh, like a damp squib, shall we say. I was going to make a sex joke there, but there's no need. Um, so I think we, we may be a bit ropey uh, due to all the changes in the first half of the season, but I do think come Christmas we should start to see some some really exciting attacking play um my I, I you know andy's top six or bust i think is might be gone now my 
feelings have changed in terms of what I'm expecting. My expectations are lowered, just not because I think we're a worse team. I think we will be a better team, but obviously, you know, this is a brand new attack. You know, however it lines up, um, none of these people have played together before, so we're going to have to give them some time. But I am excited um, that given that time and, and with patience from ourselves, the fans, patience with Dean Smith and um, patience with the new players, um, you know, given given them given them a few months to settle in, I think they will really start to turn it on come the turn of the year. Yeah, I think I think that's 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 probably the case. And you know, we, I think we see the the names, don't we, lining up, and we we put our team together of what we what we'd like to see, and we we kind of we kind of look at it and go, well, if all those players play together to their potential, um, you know, this is a really exciting team. But of course, football doesn't work like that, and there's always two teams on the field isn't there and you know we it's not like we've signed anyone that's oh, mind you Leon Bailey's probably probably a little bit of a, a curveball but generally you know teams t- you know players are well scouted now and 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 good coaches and managers um know how to set up although we have got Steve Bruce um on the first home game so we might get a might get a free pass there but you know I do think I do think um we will um It'll be it'll be a, a you know an, an in and out sort of start really. I, I will I will respond to that. I I, I will re, I will reassess the uh, the top six or bust um, and the top. But bearing in mind the top six or bust um, uh, demand, if you like, was was more to do with f- thinking that Jack Grealish might stay, and that if we didn't get top six, then he would go. Um, I actually thought it, it was probably top four. And I think with what Perzo said tonight, that would have been true. Um, I think anything outside the top four, if he had have stayed, would have would have meant he would have left next summer anyway. So um, that would have possibly been too much. Um, but yeah, we I'll, I'll revise. I'll, I'll probably wait for the first few games and then revise my uh, what I'm what I'm uh, expecting of the uh, of the team this season. But um, it's an exciting time, and and one of the exciting bits of any. Big sale really is 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 how the, the the money that comes in is is reinvested, um, hopefully into the squad. Although in the, the recent past, um, it's been uh, seen more as a downsizing opportunity, a way of cutting costs. As the likes of Enzogbia and Rudy Gested were brought in to replace Ashley Young and and Ben Teke respectively um, during that that learner era. Um, however, this time with the club on a on a far more even keel financially and 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 backed by mega rich owners, it seems you know there will be a determination to immediately reinvest and and certainly that's what we've been doing this week um, into the first team and bring the overall standard of the team up. Whilst also you know I think improving the the depth and the the bench and rotation options. I think we've we've talked about that a lot last season, haven't we? How you know, we, we perhaps needed to change the team, but we haven't got the options to do it. Um, we've all seen the links, uh, in particular, I think James Ward-Prowse at Southampton and Todd Cantwell at, at Norwich were two names that were heavily linked. Um, you know, but but what are you hoping for and what, what recommendations would you be making to the, uh, the transfer committee, if you like, um, in this sort of seemingly money-no-object scenario that we're in? 
Before I answer that question, I want to talk about Rudy Gestead being mentioned there. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like a fever Rudy dream. Gestead, you know, when, when Libor Kozak rocked up to Villa Park, I thought, this is the worst Villa striker I've ever seen. And then I think we signed Bow- Bowery, who was, you know, it wasn't his fault. He was way out of his depth. And then Grant Holt wandered in under Lambert and, and it was kind of a race to the bottom. But then when Rudy Gestead, when I saw him live, I remember watching him live in the first championship season. I couldn't quite believe my eyes. So we have, yeah, we have moved on way beyond those kind of realms. You know, we've now got England internationals on tap with likes of Danny Ings and, uh, and Ollie Watkins, Tyrone Mings with Konza, Cash and Target potentially knocking on the door. Um, in terms of who I would like to see come in, um, based off what Perslow said just uh, a few minutes ago, I'm going to change my uh, understanding because I was thinking we're going to sign a replacement for Grealish, but obviously Perslow according to what he says that's already been done so I think the 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 place to really improve is going to be in defensive midfield I think that um there are better defensive midfielders than the marvelous Nakamba that is a room uh, I think marvelous is an elite elite defensive midfielder in terms of defensive side but as we discussed in this podcast his progressive play is is probably not quite good enough um so I'd love to see a Sander Burge I'd love to see a Bissouma and Guisa from 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 Fulham was lovely but I also think we're sleeping on Morgan Sanson. I know he's not a defensive midfielder, but uh, I think he's going to be like a new signing for us uh, this season. I think people might be pleasantly surprised when he gets uh, gets up and running. But my priority now would be, I think the defense is, is, is fine. Yes, we need backup. We need a replacement for Engels, but I've already said my choice would be Gary Cahill. But I would love us to go spend a portion of that Grealish money on going out and getting a bid wonderful defensive midfielder who can do both sides of the game, break it up and distribute it, start start attacks. And I think that could take Villa to the next level. I think I, I agree with Craig. Basuma would be a, a name on my list. And I think we've got the money to go out and get him. He's he's truly top four quality. I think there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors about what Perslow said, though. I think if you just look at the numbers we've brought in, Buendia is, uh, oh, no, he's going to replace Jack's creativity. He's taking Ross Barkley's role in that midfield. And I think that Leon Bailey fills, fills my man Trez's shoes. So we still need extra numbers up there. And you mentioned him there, Andy. Todd Cantwell is the name I'd be all over. I think he is, he's a diet Jack. He's the perfect replacement. You look at the kind of profile, he's, he's young, he's English, he holds the ball well, he goes into the half spaces, he gets fouled, he cuts him from the left wing. He is two years younger than Jack Grealish. He'd be a tailor-made replacement who's on the same wavelength as Buendia too. I don't think we'll get him. I don't think Norwich can get away with selling their two best players in the same window, especially when the money we got Buendia for now looks like peanuts, given if you look at his stats, he's, he's around Jack, there or thereabouts. And I also feel for Norwich fans, because as Villa fans, we're heartbroken that, that one of our academy products has gone to a, a big club poaching him, and that's what Villa might be doing with Campwell. But I think if we get Campwell, then it's happy days. We, we've put together a real great front line. But similar to Craig, I think defensive midfield is where we want to upgrade, and I think it's a position that costs big money because there's not that many good defensive midfielders about anymore. So luckily, we've got 100 million burning a hole in our pockets. We, we certainly have, and I think, I think it's interesting because... Um, like what we said, you know, I think now people are people are realising that, that that Villa have got some money, um, but it's always been there anyway, and the, the hundred million is kind of just just adds to it, really, doesn't it? It doesn't mean anything really in terms of what we were going to do 
anyway. And obviously, if you keep Jack Grealish, then 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 your your plan is 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 different. I just I know we've just signed Ings from Southampton, but I really want James Ward Prowse. I just think the way Villa play and the way I th- I, th- I think Dean Smith wants to play um, a possession game. Um, you need someone in there that's that's um, that can keep the ball. Um, we've said how we need we need McGinn to be better at that. We certainly need Dougie to to be better at that. Nakamba's another one. We haven't got um, and, and the jury's out on Sanson, obviously, but we haven't got anyone that that really looks after the ball really well in midfield. And you, you can't you can't play the type of game we want to play to get the the to get the fullbacks forward. Um, you know, obviously to, to, to be attacking if you're giving the ball away continuously in midfield. So James Wood-Prowse would be the the one for me. Um, I would be going up to anywhere up to 50 million for him because I think... <sighs> Big I think money. I think, I think that's what you Big need to do. Big money. And in fairness to Southampton, we, we can't... We can't bleat and moan about Man City coming and getting our best players you've just alluded to if then we go and um, rip the heart out of someone else without compensating them properly and you know if you want a player you pay you pay and that I've always been of, of that mindset really and um, uh, I'd happily I'd, I mean I'd, I just I just feel it's that it's it's that situation where he's a player that that I think takes us on to the next level um, and if that's the case it doesn't matter how much you pay for him, really. Real leader too, isn't he? I mean, that's one of the things. Yeah. And I mean, we've got Taylor made captain in, in Mings, and I'm so excited he's going to be Villa captain next year. What a man who's been in the media again this week talking about his mental health battles, and, and I think what a what a hero. I can't wait for him to be Villa captain. But you're right in James Ward-Prowse with another, another leader. 50 million is half of Jack Grealish, though. It makes me wonder which half of Jack Grealish you'd rather have, top or bottom. <laughs> Are we back to Manscaped? <laughs> Well, uh, we, whether whether Jack prefers to be top or bottom, we don't know. But what we do know is that uh, you talked about Cantwell. I tell you what, I think he's probably manscaped to an inch of his life. That that boy is a is a is a groomer, if I ever saw one, um, uh, and not in that weird sense, in a personal <laughs> grooming sense. <laughs> just to be clear, so um, the the key is with Ward Prowse is, uh, I think Ward Prowse. I really wanted him when we had Jack Grealish because Jack Grealish obviously gets fouled over 100 times every season and our free kicks without Conor Harran in the team were a little, a little bit uh, a little bit not so good, shall we say. Uh, whereas Ward-Prowse, I think, would really punish teams that were targeting Jack and fouling him. I don't know that Buendia and or Bailey are going to draw the same level of fouls, so I think... I think 50 million would be a lot for Ward-Prowse. I think, I know they're different players, different positions. I'd be willing to give Morgan Sanson a run um, as number eight to see what he has for us. And I would also probably, if I had a choice between the two, although they're different players, I would be team Cantwell. I think he is, he's got that little bit of swagger about him. He's, he's, he's got, he's got something about him that I like. And I don't know exactly how to quantify it, but I like it. I'm I'm drawn to him as a football player. He's our new floppy-haired prince. That's what it is, Craig. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah and he has he hasn't got a stupid tan, or so that's all right as well. That was another. That was there you go. That was another Jack Grealish dig. No need. No need. <laughs> sorry, sorry, so, sorry, Jack. We're, we're, 
we're, we're hurting, we're hurting, and we're we're, we're lashing out. But um, I've just seen a picture of him in a stupid tan chair in his Manchester City kit, and it just upset me. Sorry, I apologise. <laughs> yeah, I've I, I actually um, I uh, you know it's it's I don't know if it's part of the grieving process, but I did um, I did unfollow him on all the various social media because I don't want to I don't want to hear it, I don't want to see it. Um, I'm okay. I, I want now. Um, to draw a line under it, I want it to be a, a new era. Um, I remember, um, you know, back in, and I, I, I will, I'm old, so I'll keep harking back. Um, but the 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 '98 season when when Dwight York left, and uh, he actually left after the start of the season, which was which was hard. That was before the transfer window came in. Um, you know, and we we went out and we signed we signed Paul Merson and Dion Dublin and one or two others, and and you know it was exciting, it was really exciting, and it felt actually kind of freeing. It was that it was that feeling of you know, yes, we haven't got that wonderful player anymore um, that we all love, but we have now got an opportunity to to kind of explore other ways, other styles you know um with new players and it, and it and it was really good it was it was really exciting and I, I guess the same thinking back to to when david platt left as well um so there is history um we are in a good position um financially the club's in a good position we've got good people there although i i was i was a little bit angry with perzolo but i've 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 since you know re re um Revised that opinion, and you know, just just fair play to him for, for fronting up tonight as well, really. But um, as we move forward, we move forward to the to the weekend, and Villa play their their final friendly before the the season kicks off, um, as they welcome Sevilla to Villa Park, um, and reportedly we've sold thirty four thousand tickets, um, which is astonishing for a for a friendly match. Um, and I think it's it's obviously a lot to do with the fans being able to return after such a long time um, out following the the COVID restrictions that we've all been under um, over the last eighteen months. But Dan, I know you'll you'll be there. You'll be in my seat. Um, so, guys, what are you what are you hoping to see and and, and team wise and any interesting formation clues that you, you you'll be looking for ahead of the first Premier League match? Yeah, thanks, Andy. I, I can't wait. As anyone who's listened on here before knows, I've just moved back from Canada. It's been 10 years or so since I've been to Villa Park. So I'm, I'm a very excited, giddy fan at the moment. I, I can't wait. It's a shame you won't be there, mate, but I, I, I can't wait for the game. I, to be honest with you, it's a weird one because pre-season feels like it's well it is coming to an end but it feels like it's just started and with all the new arrivals coming in I don't think we can look too much into the way we play in the formations and this is going to sound a little bit hippie and a little bit kumbaya but do you know what I want is a good atmosphere and a good feeling I think one of the great things that that Jack and Dino have done is reconnect Villa fans and the team after that horrible relegation season and that horrible squad we had and what I hope is that doesn't disappear with Jack Sale and that that feel-good vibes is still at Villa Park and we as a, as a fan base, as a club, as a team move on. 
and and that's what I want. I want it to be a good day out. God, we've had so few of them in the last eighteen months, and I want it to be a great time. I want I want to sing. I want to laugh. I want to see a few goals. I want it just to still feel like a great club that's going places. And I think as fans, that's something we can actually do: is get there and bring the the positive vibes. If uh, to use a horrible term. Um, the other thing I want to see is the bottom of a few pint glasses. So if any of our listeners want to go for a drink, <laughs> let me know because I'll be I'll be wetting my whistle before the game. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be great fun and and hopefully I'll be get be down there a few more times this season. That's for sure. Oh, wow, I'm excited for you. I'm I'm sorry to miss out. I am uh, itching to get back to the UK, but uh, there are some uh, travel restrictions <laughs> at the moment, which we make that uh, difficult. So hopefully those will be lifted soon. Keep your fingers crossed for me. Um, what I'm looking for in terms of uh, in terms of um, the tactics is really just to get as many players on the pitch as we can I mean we yet to see Martinez yet to see Mings uh, uh, Buendia missed the last friendly I think with a hip complaint um, I don't think we've played the first team I don't think Bailey will be there because of uh, um, COVID restrictions he's flying over from the um, hence those travel restrictions I just mentioned so um, you know Bailey's going to have some issues as well so I, I I would like to see the team that's going to start against Watford just to give them a, a run out together and um, so they can come and and, and and be ready for the Watford game. It does feel like a real um, short preseason. Obviously, the Euros have, have delayed all that. I think to lose your captain just over a week before the season starts is never good preparation, which is why, as I said, I'm going to be very patient with the team to start with. I'm going to try to be very patient <laughs> with the team. Let me rephrase that. Um, but I would just like to see our starting 11 or as close to, to it as we can get out. Traore, I don't imagine it's going to be around yet. So probably we're going to see my man, my beautiful baby boy, boy Anwar Al-Ghazi uh, starting. I'd like to see Watkins, maybe uh, Ings might uh, be fit enough for a start. So it'd be great to see him. But most of all, I'm looking Looking forward to seeing the fans back at Villa Park. I'll be looking out for you on my TV, um, um, Daniel. I'll be looking for your uh, your, your armful of Jack Grealish tattoos. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just going to be great to have the, the 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 Villa Park. This this is the thing we've we've talked a lot about Grealish. Grealish is gone now. Aston Villa, the Villa fans, you lot listening, us here on the podcast, we endure, we stay because that's what fans do. And, and, you know, it's going to probably be a sellout, I imagine, or close to it. Villa Park's going to be rocking on Saturday. I'm so excited for you, Dan. And I'm excited for the new season because, you know, the project isn't dead. The project is just getting started. We may have to take a different course, but we're still headed, I think, to the same destination, and that is success under SNSWE. Yeah, I think that's that's true, and um, I, I'd, I'd echo all that. Um, you know, unfortunately, I can't be there, but um, delighted that you're going, Dan, and you know, delighted that um, finally we can get a proper crowd in there, and 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 you know, it can start to feel a little bit normal again, um, supporting our team because um, another another season of, of behind closed doors would would be um, unbearable, I think, um, for all of us. So. Um, if you are going down, just just have a have a great day. Cheer the boys on. Don't sing about players that aren't there unless they're Paul McGrath and Alan McAnally and Paul Birch and people like that. Um, but um, enjoy the day. Um, we will be back next week, um, and we'll be looking ahead to the Watford game, looking ahead to the new season. Um, maybe we'll have some some news on 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 new signings even by then. 
Um, and uh, and it'll be it'll be um, all looking ahead, no looking back. Don't look back in anger. Am I allowed to say that still? Uh, yeah. <laughs> are we still allowed we've, to mention We've got Oasis, M&M, right? we've got Oasis. Have you got um, <laughs> any, any other Lanky. record suggestions for the uh, <laughs> listeners here, Andy? But, um, yeah, we'll be... Uh, well, yeah, how about uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky, a bit of Johnny Cash. There we are. There you go. Um, yeah, so... Um, Join us next week. Um, thanks for listening today. Thanks to Craig and Dan for joining me to, to, tonight to record this um, in very difficult circumstances. Um, remember, if you visit manscaped.com, you can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LAMP. That's L-A-M-P. Um, type that in and that will they will be on their way to you. Um, if you want to follow us on on social media, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So give us a search and give us a follow, and head over to underagaslitlamp.com for all the latest writing. Um, which you know we, we cover the uh, obviously the youth the youth setup, the academy, and the women's team as well as the men's team. Um, so it's a fully comprehensive service for you. And have a good week. Enjoy the game on Saturday. And we'll be back next week to, to, to preview everything. Take care, stay safe and up the villa.